0: you're listening no you're listening to the buns.com podcast network <laughs> buns buns buns
1: hi everybody Steven here and before we get this episode going i have a rather exciting announcement our podcast this podcast sustainable joe's 2084 is going live On Wednesday, July 19th in Toronto, Ontario, you can join me in conversation with the CEOs of Buns and Nanoleaf. Each of the two episodes will be about 20 minutes, Steam Whistle has sent over complimentary beer for you to enjoy, and half of ticket sales will be donated to charity. Adding to the dialogue throughout the evening, we will invite you in the audience to join the conversation with questions and to share what you're doing to make the world a better place right now. Space is limited to 40 people so I strongly suggest you get your tickets as soon as possible and you can find tickets at SustainableJoes.com and on our social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at SustainableJoes. Now, let's get to today's episode. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy. Do you consider yourself more a businessman or an environmentalist?
0: I don't agree with the premise of your uh, question. I I don't see that there are two different buckets. It's like, do you prefer wearing hats or galoshes? Right? It's like one serves one thing and one serves another.
1: From Sustainable Joes, this is 2084, a podcast about designing tomorrow, creating a sustainable future for all, told by the people building it today. Hi, I'm Stephen Such, and on the show today, I sit down with David Berliner, the CEO of CoPower, a financial company geared towards investing in a sustainable future and making profit at the same time. If you were to personify your portfolio, would the companies you're invested in echo your value structure? In today's episode, we talk about the standard risk-reward model involved in typical investing. And then we take things a step further, asking the questions, does your portfolio line up with the future you want to be invested in? And if it doesn't, what can you do about it? We also talk about how the biggest investment firm in the world is asking questions about climate change and women in the workforce. And then we talk about how Co-Power's green investments are picking up steam to the tune of 11 million dollars. David Berliner and his team at Co-Power are on a mission. And now, I'll let him tell that story. Okay, monologue over. I hope you enjoy my chat with Mr. David Berliner.
0: Where are you from? Born and raised in uh, Montreal. Grew up there, spent a lot of time outdoors in Montreal, but also as I was growing up, I spent a lot of my summers going to summer camp in Ontario and spent a lot of time at summer camp in the backcountry, specifically in in Algonquin Park. Nice. Do you do a lot of camping? I do. Uh, A lot of the camp experiences I had early on of going to the the backwoods um, then led me to work for a number of summers, for five summers, taking kids on canoe trips. So that was my office for, for five summers, for the lakes of... Uh, of Opiongo and Canoe and McManus and all these beautiful places doing canoe trips and portages and going into the
1: backwoods. It's amazing. I used to lead small group adventure tours across the US and Canada. Amazing. Uh, that being said, you have a, a Bachelor of Science from the University of Toronto. Correct. An MPA from Columbia. How do you move from somebody who gives canoe tours to the CEO of CoPower? And what exactly is CoPower?
0: Uh, so it's been a, a, actually a, a sort of consistent path of recognizing that I loved being outdoors, I loved uh, the environment and, and nature, and then going into a uh, university doing a Bachelor of Science focused on how the human body was interacting with the environment and environmental chemicals and things like that. Um, really so what was
1: Bachelor of Science in?
0: In uh, health, health and, and environment, so a lot of biochemistry, physics, um, biology, things like that. It was about the time here in Ontario that they were shutting down the, the coal plants. Right. And one of the reasons they were planning to do that was that the Ontario Doctors' Association had come out with a big study that said, uh, here's all the sick days and lost productivity and premature deaths, et cetera, that the coal plant is costing us. Uh, and I thought, wow, look at all these doctors coming out and, and making the health and, and, and economic case for a transition to a clean energy economy.
1: So then you go to New York.
0: From there, I, I realized uh, my passion was really for working on that transition uh, and being some of the, the group of people that's helping build this clean energy economy, this low carbon economy. Uh, and I realized I, I wanted a few more tools in my toolkit. So in New York, I went and uh, buffed up on some finance and policy and, and economics, uh, specifically in a program at the Earth Institute that was around the low carbon economy. Oh, so did you work with Dr. Jeffrey Sachs? Uh, he was the th- person that was there uh, from time to time, and we had to see some, some lectures from him. Yeah, but
1: that's the institute that, that he, uh, he developed. I, I, I took his Coursera course. Oh, cool. Yeah, on sustainable development. He, like, of all the people I want to interview, it was like Dr. Ariely yes. and, and Dr. Jeffrey Sachs. Cool. He's kind of like the. I, I I like to describe him as like my Michael Jordan of sustainability <laughs> yeah there's a there's a couple superheroes
0: in the field um so I was lucky to work with a few of them after that uh coming out of school working at a clean energy investment fund okay. um two really great mentors uh uh industry leaders that were there, and um from there recognized hey there's this bunch of things going on in the market. There's a lot of clean energy projects that need financing Um, and there's this rise of LED lighting and solar and geothermal that technologies are ready to be widely deployed but that financing is a bottleneck and at the same time there's lots of people that are looking to put their money to work in ways that are uh, yielding good returns but increasingly are looking at what's the green aspect, what's the environment, what's the impact of my investments. Um, And uh, my partner, my business partner and I um, decided, let's build a FinTech investment platform that makes it easier for more people, wherever you're at, if you're a first time investor, a seasoned investor, an investment advisor, to be participating and making investments into the clean energy space, which I believe is the greatest wealth opportunity of our generation.
1: Absolutely. When you think of FinTech, when you think of impact investing, when you think of social impact. And like we have all of these buzzwords. How do how do you see those spaces? So uh, every investment has
0: two things that everyone is familiar with: risk and reward. Risk reward. Uh, it's a two uh, it's a two dimensional axis. Um, I would say that more and more people are being uh, awoken to a third axis, which is impact. And whether you're intentional about it or not, your investments in your portfolio has an impact. So when you wake up in the morning, you're making active choices to bike to work, or to drive, or to take transit. You're making active choices about your food, making active choices about what you buy or don't buy. Um, And meanwhile, most people have a portfolio of investments, their retirement funds, that they're sitting there. And that portfolio is also doing a lot of things. And more and more people are saying, wow, I don't actually know what that portfolio is doing. I know what it's doing from a risk-reward standpoint, but I'm not sure I know what it's doing from an impact standpoint. Am I invested in private prisons in the United States? Am I invested in uh, uh, the old fossil economy? Am I invested in uh, oil companies that may have huge stranded assets if we want to keep the climate under a two-degree threshold? And if so, why don't I try to align my investments with the other values I, c- I keep from my when I wake up in the morning till I go to bed at night?
1: So that, that's kind of a perfect segue into what CoPower
0: does. So at CoPower, we make it easier for people to put the planet in their portfolio.
1: And that's your tagline. That's our tagline. See it on the website. I thought it was perfect. The well, first cool. time I saw it, I was like, put the planet in your profile. Uh, or excuse me, in your portfolio. Yeah, I think... And people I like that there too, right? Like, I mean, how do, you, how do you put the planet and people? Like the, the environmental impact, yes, and the social impact.
0: Sure, and I think it's... it's um, the reason I like that tagline is it's very visual for me. It's sort of uh, saying, well, what's in that portfolio now? Uh, if your portfolio was a person or, or your portfolio was a, you could visualize it, what would it be? Would it be uh, kind of the John Oliver character that's like smoke, the Marvel man smoking cigarettes? You yep. know, do you own tobacco stocks? Does that align with the future that you want to be invested in? In
1: 2048, yeah. for example? In 2048. Or 2084. In
0: 2084. Get the right. So. the uh, podcast so I think the idea of, of that positive spin too, of be invested in things that you want, be invested in the planet, be invested in the transition to a clean energy economy. And the way that we make it easy for people to put the planet in their portfolio is by offering uh, investments on our clean energy investment platform mm-hmm. that, let, that connect your capital to uh, clean energy developers across the country that are putting solar and geothermal
1: and LED projects to work. So what are some of those investments that you, that you offer on your platform for consumers, if they want to put the planet in their portfolio. So right now, we just came
0: out with our latest green bond. Uh, it's a uh, green bond that is backed by pools of loans to those types of developers. They're always, uh, now we get into industry jargon, senior secured loans, they're- What does the, that mean? So it means that on the risk profile, it's on the the lower end. It means that we're taking security over different things. So we're we're quite um, conservative in the way that we're lending out money. And we're making the same types of loans that a lot of the the big banks would make or big pension funds, but they're doing it at really big scales. Uh, So for a $100 million solar project, that's the size of three or four football fields, uh, there are teams dedicated to knowing how to finance that. But when it comes down to the some of the smaller projects that are at the building level or at the community level, those types of projects are often underfinanced. So that's where we come in uh, to help use capital from people like you and me and others that are, are looking for returns and a responsible option.
1: How do you find the projects? I mean because if they're undercapitalized if, if they're underfunded, one would assume that they're, they're a little smaller.
0: Yeah, they're, uh, they're typically a little smaller and they're typically um, sometimes they're newer developers or people with new business models. That's the thing about clean energy and broadly and, and something that is really interesting to me, I'd would, I would break the clean energy bucket into two. There's clean tech, which is all about cool new technologies, new forms of uh, cleaning up contaminants, new forms of monitoring energy use, new forms of energy storage energy storage, or solar panels that might be ready in five years or seven years or ten years and we should be investing in those through our universities and research institutions and, and supporting startups so that they're ready to commercialize in in seven years. Okay, so that's bucket one. That's bucket one. Bucket two is stuff that's kind of old and boring like the solar technology that's being deployed today is 20 years old. There's been marginal improvements, which have made uh, the costs of, of building those go down. But the technology itself is is pretty old, which is a good thing. Um, it's proven. It's proven. Putting a geothermal system in is pretty proven. You just you take a drill, go down a couple hundred feet, use industry grade piping, and now you have free heating and cooling for your home or building. So that's cool. It's kind of uh, boring because it's 20 years old. But the 30 mechanics years old work. work. The mechanics work and it's about having new business models and new financing models and that's the thing that it, for me was really exciting about the idea of CoPower of bringing some of those new financing models to the table.
1: Hey everybody a minute of ads coming your way because well I get green beer for green chats from Steam Whistle and Buns hosts this podcast. So first is Steam Whistle Brewing from their 100% renewably powered brewery to their green bottles which can be reused up to three times more than a standard brown bottle. Quote unquote, Steam Whistle is proud to support Sustainable Joes as we work to create a sustainable tomorrow together. 2084 is also thankful for the support of Buns, your city network. Buns connects you with the people in your neighborhood to help you find the things you need to fuel your real life or Swap things you already have to get items you need. You can also find jobs that pay the bills, homes for rent, advice, and just a place to talk about your city. Buns is available online at buns.com. that's Buns with a Z, and on your phone via the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Lastly, this podcast is publicly funded. Thank you to all of those who support our monthly Patreon campaign. And if you have the capacity to contribute, or would like your business to be highlighted right here on the Sustainable Joes 2084 podcast, send us a message at sustainablejoes.com. That's Joes with an S because whether you are Joseph or Joanne together, we are a group of Joes and together we're going to change the world. Now back to the show. What, what do your returns look like? How much have you raised to date? When did you start? So the green
0: bond uh, that we have out now has a five year return at 5% and a Three-year return at three and a half percent, so we think pretty competitive returns, especially compared to what's being paid at GICs and savings accounts. Um, we've got a full offering memorandum that tells you everything that we're investing in and the criteria we use for that. Okay. Uh, to date, we've placed just over uh, $11 million of loans into clean energy projects since we started in in 2013, and that's been a, a you know slow and steady ramp up. I think our our motto here is always crawl, then walk, then run. Absolutely. And that's really important when we're in a financial sector and we need to be doing things 110% right every time. And so for us, uh, a lot of it was about building our credibility of of our team and co-power, of working with great partners and telling them we're going to do things, coming back six months later and having done them, and having some great shareholders behind us at the company level like the Royal Bank of Canada through their Generator Fund, like uh, Fond Action, which is a very large pension fund committed to sustainable development that's based in Montreal, and a number of great uh, other uh, groups like Innovation Support and f- other family offices and angels.
1: What technology wows you? Like, If you could put your money anywhere, like, is there anything in your portfolio that you're like, oh, how can we grow this sector more? Yeah, so the,
0: the short answer to that is, is no, because I'm all about dull technology. I'm all about stuff that's proven and taking it and scaling it. So in 2005, 2006, there were the first solar developers that were going to Walmart and Staples and saying, hey, we can put solar panels on the roof. We're going to use these old technology, but we're going to do it in a new business model, we're going to sell you solar as a service. And that very, uh, it seems like a, like a dull thing, but that transition to, I'm not trying to sell you a solar panel. I'm going to sell you power for 20 years. That spark is what led to solar being the multi-hundred billion dollar industry it is today. So the challenge that we're really interested on is how do we apply that same innovation to lots of other boring things, like deploying LEDs in every building across Canada. How do we get another uh, 100,000, 200,000 homes and condo buildings on geothermal across Canada? How do we do deeper retrofits in thousands of multi-family apartment buildings? And like, that's not a very sexy technology, that's people going in and changing the boilers and re-optimizing heating and cooling and HVAC systems. and changing some light bulbs and adding automation so the lights aren't on unless you know someone walks into the room. And, and I think I can talk about cool tech and stuff that maybe is gonna be there in 10, 15 years, but the opportunity that I'm really excited about is in deploying all this stuff and figuring out new ways by using FinTech and by using people that wanna be invested in these things and get good returns
1: to do it. So when you think of your projects that you've done to date, Yeah. What one is your your flagship story? Like, I mean, I I know when I cycled across the continent, Roy, Keysville, Virginia, man had a gun strapped to his hip. He's like, Stephen, do you have any protection? I'm like, I got my pocket knife, Roy. Like, But he also gave one of the most beautiful answers when I asked him, you know, Roy, how do we move our world in a more sustainable direction? And with his southern accent, he goes, we have to stop fighting so much. Mm What, what, what's, what, what stories, what, um, what projects kind of like warm your heart when you think of them? Because that's what that story with Roy does for me. And it gives me hope.
0: So there are two examples I'll give you. One is uh, the first project that we did, uh, which was an energy retrofit project down at a uh, beautiful harborfront centre uh, in downtown Toronto. It was a project that uh, we did uh, in collaboration with the Toronto Atmospheric Fund, which is a wonderful group. Um, that's doing really important work here in Toronto, uh, where it was a deep retrofit, where they came in and looked across a number of different uh, parts of the the facility, the theater, and uh, the, some of the other buildings.
1: And so, is that what a deep retrofit means? Yeah, and it you means you're not just look at the, yeah the building you're looking at, at
0: the building at large and saying what are the, the the couple different tweaks I can do in 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 uh, in tandem okay. and they also brought in a, a new financing model that they had developed which is energy as a service. So they're paying for the all the equipment upgrades and then uh, they're, uh, the investors uh, are getting paid back over time out of some of the energy savings and to me the reason that's really cool is that there's a million people that are going through that site every year seeing the great um, programming that the Harborfront's doing and also Tangibly being able to see cool. Here's energy retrofits. that made sense on an economic basis that are possible in this really complex site If we can do it there you can do it anywhere.
1: Do you consider yourself more a businessman or an environmentalist?
0: I don't agree with the premise of your uh, question and by that I think it it, it's I, I Don't see that there are two different buckets. It's like do you prefer wearing hats or galoshes? right? It's like one serves one thing and one serves another. I love that answer.
1: I mean, that's probably the best answer because that's the answer I've been hoping somebody would say because I completely agree in that it's, it's integrated and it has to be integrated. How do you personally see profit? So I see that the problem we're trying to
0: solve is we need another trillion dollars invested into low carbon economy globally over the next 10, 15 years um, to transition to a low carbon economy. That requires big amounts of scale. And and the groups that are gonna help us achieve that scale are the pension funds and sovereign wealth funds and banks of the world. And so those groups are looking out for the interests of their pensioners, right? So OP Trust, you know, the teachers union here in in Ontario is holding the pensions of all the teachers. And so it's not just that they're profit driven, it's that they wanna make sure that if you worked for 40 years and 50 years and retired, that you have your your pension. So those groups are gonna invest in things that make sense, where the risk reward and increasingly impact, because more and more people and teachers and other uh, pensions are, are coming and saying, "Look, impact's important to us."
1: Uh, I, do, but, you, do you think that it's just impact? Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there. Like, sure. Do you think it's just impact, or do you think it's it's primarily profit and the impacts a benefit, or do you do you think it's they can green their portfolio and their impact investing? I, I think profits what
0: is what helps get scale. So if what we're trying to do is have impact, we need scale. In order to scale, I think we need to have uh, profit, and I don't. I don't think it's a dirty word, right? I think it's it's. These are, if if you're a teacher listening out there, profit is your pension return, right? If you have some of your money at a bank or a credit union, it's your savings account or your your retirement funds. So um, I I think. That there's a direct profit scale impact. I'll leave you with you know so one other way of looking at this. There was a conference here two weeks ago called Globe Capital that brought a lot of interesting business and finance leaders to talk about carbon and, and climate. And they had the head of uh, uh, BlackRock Canada here, BlackRock, the largest investor in the world, five trillion dollars that a couple weeks ago sent out letters to every company they're invested in, the management team and the board of directors that said, um, dear sir or madam, please tell us about your climate plans and how climate change is gonna impact your company with a sort of in between the lines. And if you're a board director that's not taking that seriously, we're not sure you're the right board director. And also we'd, uh, we'd also like to hear about your strategy to achieve uh, more women in the boardroom. And I don't think it's purely uh, philanthropic, I don't think it's purely impact, I think it's they see these the data that if you are a more gender-balanced company, you typically do better as a company. If you are a company that's thinking about climate change and your carbon impacts, you're a better prepared and more resilient company in the future. So I don't think that there's a trade-off between profit and impact, I think that the thesis that, that we have is that they go together, that there's an enormous transition to a low carbon economy that's going on right now. And we need hundreds of entrepreneurs knocking on doors of homes and businesses and uh, condos and saying, hey, we can help you make your buildings more energy efficient, run better, more resilient for a low carbon world.
1: So for all the listeners out there, what, they, what can they do to help you? So, I mean, the first thing is I
0: would, I would challenge um, listeners to answer the question, what's in your portfolio? If your portfolio was a person, what would it look like? And is that, a person, is that, is that personification of your portfolio someone you would hang out with?
1: Great, great, great
0: analogy. And so uh, I think it's, it's for many people, it's, a, it's their first time asking that question. They might be working through that with a, with a partner or a parent or a child or their advisor. And uh, I think it's helpful to know that you're not alone, that those conversations are happening uh, across thousands of dinner tables across the country, in thousands of advisor offices across the country. There are responsible investment advisor associations already set up. Uh, the, The big banks like Morgan Stanley and others are putting out huge reports about the billions of dollars being invested in the impact economy already so this is not small and niche and something that no one should take seriously. Uh, If you don't take this seriously you're already 10 years behind. That's one and two is do some research and figure out the ways that you can use your portfolio as a tool for um, aligning with your values. There's a few neat websites Uh, we can Share afterwards fossil free fund that let you kind of look through your, your RRSP or if you're a listener in the States, your, your 401k and see what type of things are in my portfolio. This would be a good exercise. And then there are lots of other options on uh, ways to be more intentional with that impact. Co-powers is one. There's lots of great community co-ops, energy co-ops across Ontario and across the country that are also offering people the ways to invest their money in ways that, that align with their values. So there are uh, a lot of options out there. Uh, Google them and be an informed consumer. And not taking an action is, is an act of choice as well. So, so don't delay, act now.
1: Based off of all of your knowledge, what question do you wish I would ask you? And what's the answer? So
0: why don't I ask myself if I'm optimistic? I think when you talk to, to people like Dan Ariely or other behavioural economists, you get a lot of different... That's a, that's a really interesting topic of, of optimism. And I think the answer is, it was without a pause, it, is yes. Uh, because I get to work every day with a great group of people here at CoPower, with a great group of people that are uh, on the ground doing the hard work of doing engineering studies and knocking on doors and uh, on the ground of this clean energy transformation get to work with great thought leaders and policy leaders and finance leaders that are um, either themselves or they're getting pushed by their their kids to uh, come around and, and realize that this is the future and um, so seeing all that, that Thought and momentum and leadership going on um, I am very optimistic about our potential for the year.
1: For what we can build.
0: Tomorrow. For what we can build in 20...84. 84?
1: What the world will look like in 2084. What the world will look like in 2084. I- either, you know people often ask me that question, it's either, it's either going to be really ugly or, or really beautiful. And I don't want to live in
0: one that's really ugly so I'm going to believe and work on the ladder. Exactly, and that's what this podcast is all about. Well, thanks so much for having me.
1: Thank you for having me. I mean, I'm I'm in your office. You know, when people come to my house, I feel like I can say thanks for having me. But today, you have me here in in this office. It's gorgeous too, by the way. That was David Berliner, the CEO of CoPower. You can find out more about how you can put the planet in your portfolio at copower.me or you can just come join us live next Wednesday, July 19th, because our first ever live audience recording event is at Co-Power's headquarters in downtown Toronto, Ontario. I will be in conversation with Sasha, the CEO of Buns, and Mr. Jimmy Chu, the CEO of Nanoleaf. Steam whistle has sent over beer for you to enjoy, and half of our ticket sales will be donated to charity. You can find tickets at sustainablejoes.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, sustainable joes as always if you know someone or some company that is creating a sustainable tomorrow today let us know and maybe we will highlight them right here on the podcast thank you to koji nagata and the entire buns podcast network thank you to steam whistle for the green beer and thank you for listening you can subscribe to 2084 on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts and please do me a favor leave us a review while you're there lastly thank you to everyone who supports this project we are publicly funded and if you have the capacity please consider a monthly contribution to our patreon campaign you can find the link at sustainablejoes.com music for this episode was provided by wolf saga you can find them on facebook by searching wolf saga in closing i thank you again for listening and i hope to see you on july 19th for our first ever live event recording for now I leave you with a track from Wolf Saga. Thanks, Johnny. We we have another uh, literally a minute right now, so if you could be any superhero, who would you be?
0: I, I, so putting Captain Planet aside because that's that's just too I can't do that. Um, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Batman.
1: Everybody picks yeah, Batman because
0: everyone because Batman.
1: Well, so many people. Some people pick Aquaman.
0: Fair, but Batman's Batman's a guy, right? And he's decided he's gonna be
1: a regular everyday Joe.
0: Yeah. And so I think there are lots of uh, regular everyday Joes that have more power than than they think.